Welcome to the Big Picture Social Emotional Learning Podcast. My name is Nini White, and this episode is definitely going to stretch some teachers' and parents' concepts of what should be included in conversations about social emotional learning. And that's okay with me. In fact, that's why I called this the Big Picture Social Emotional Learning Podcast. Because social emotional learning, SEL, is so much bigger than most people, most organizations, most theories collapse the topic down to. And because in my mind, if we're not stretching, then we're not growing. And if we're not growing, well, (laughs) we're not growing. And as astrophysicists tell us, we are in an expanding universe. So it just makes sense to me that we be expanding too. So on that note, I've invited Monique Holm, a high-integrity and very successful woman with a great story and great goals that could be, could very well be making a difference for you. There's going to be some important information after our conversation, so be sure to listen all the way through. And again, thank you for being here. Hi, Monique. Welcome, and thanks for finding the time to have this conversation with me. Thanks for having me on. I'm thrilled to be here. (laughs) So listeners might find this conversation uh, you and I are about to have as a little bit of a stretch because you're not a classroom teacher of kids, have kids of your own, and you are an educator, and you are a great example of well-developed social skills. Because um, I doubt that there's any any other way that you could be such a successful businesswoman if you didn't have really good, well-developed social skills. And that is at the heart of what this podcast is all about. Uh, oh, dear. <laughs> there's that clicking noise. But shall we, shall we keep going forward? What do you think? Yeah, let's, let's keep talking. Okay. So... Um, I wish that you would share with us what kinds of guidance you received as a kid for this side of your development. I mean, you know, of course, you went to business school and all that good stuff. I did not. I went to law school. Yeah. Oh, you went to law school. Okay. So I'm making some assumptions here. I should not make any assumptions with you. (laughs) I'm learning that more and more as I get to know you piece by piece. All right. So, but what I, what I want for uh, the listeners and, and for me too, I'm really curious and interested. How did this, this social skills side of you get developed? What were the influences, positive and maybe even negative that you reacted to? Whatever you want to tell us. Sure. So I think growing up, and I'll, I'll talk about my, my parents initially, who were my, my first and greatest teachers, sure. uh, they, they were very supportive always told me, you know, Monique, you can be anything you want to be. Um, and though in parentheses, <laughs> as long as it's a doctor, lawyer, professor, or engineer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a first generation American. My parents are from Haiti. And that for them was success. Got it. In one of, one of, one of those four tracks. Really, doctor. I was was what they they wanted me to go towards, and I was uh, 
rebellious by going to law school. <laughs> so, um, and they, they were always very encouraging in that way. And I was naturally a very good student. I, I was, I was a reader, always had my, my nose in a book. I read everything all mm-hmm. the time, started reading very early and, um, that's just always reading. So I, I did, I think being a reader makes you pretty good for school. Um, as a kind of kid that I would get reading assignments, especially if it was English or history or, um, you know, things that were more along the lines of stories. And they would say, okay, read these 10 pages. And then I, before I know it, I'd, I'd have read 30, you know, <laughs> it's like, Oh, I read way past my, my homework. Mm-hmm. Right. That's just, that was, that was the kind of kid I was. Uh-huh. Um, and kind of nerdy, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm okay with that. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) And, and so, you know, being a good student doing well, uh, I was, you know, I was valedictorian, you know, well in middle school. And, and so I, I was, you know, because I, I wasn't a good student, and I, I got, I got a lot of support that I could, I could do what I, you know, what I, what I wanted and I could be successful. And that was a message that I received, um, which I, I think helped me be able to take on challenges. Mm-hmm. And I also took to heart, I had this r- really special, you know, my favorite teacher was this English teacher I had in middle school and junior high, Mrs. Okolsky, <laughs> she just, she had us teaching, uh, reading incredible stories, but really, really inspiring. And, uh, I think I got from her, um, really about, uh, that you should, you should go for things and, and that there's nothing, nothing to fear, but fear itself. Mm-hmm. And, and so I had this, um, orientation towards doing things that scared me that and I'm not that it would kill me but <laughs> it was just it was just scary uh, but intriguing then and not you know unduly dangerous I wouldn't jump off a, a cliff but I would you were willing to be stretched I was definitely willing to do just about anything <laughs> it's yeah. scary um and and I think that plus given this foundation of you, you you can be successful. You, you're smart. You've got this. Really helped me be able to to be to venture out and become entrepreneurial. Cool. Um, and but your success as an entrepreneur has to has to to some good degree rely on your social skills. So I want you to tell us how those got developed. Yeah. So I, I did mention that I was um, always with my nose in a book. Yes. Most of my, <laughs> growing yes. Up a lot of time. So I was not a super social uh, growing up. I was actually rather introverted and shy. And what changed was when I was maybe 16, I remember looking around and 
and I went, there were some people that seemed to be much more socially, <laughs> uh, you know, socially skilled than I am. Okay. And they seem to be having a lot more fun than I, <laughs> I am as well. And I just decided, nobody, nobody told me this, but I decided that I would just act like they act. Uh-huh. And so, whereas my normal tendency might've been to sit in a corner and observe or read something, I, I watched that they would go in, walk up to someone and say, hi. <laughs> right? and, they were just, and I went, okay, I'm just going to do what they do. Right? These, these people that are more social than me and seem to be having a lot more fun because I wouldn't mind having more fun. And so I just faked it and pretended and <gasps> acted like they acted until, and I, you know, I, for a few weeks, it felt very unnatural until it stopped being unnatural. And it's just, that was how I showed up. I love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, basically your environment was your best teacher when it came to developing some social skills that would, you felt would improve your life. Yeah. But I used my environment as, as a teacher. I looked around and I saw, okay, these, I, I like what results these people are getting. And yeah. I would like to have those types of results for myself. So I'm just going to copy it and see how that goes. Yeah. yeah. I wonder what the parents and teachers who are listening to this episode <laughs> of the Big Picture Social Emotional Learning Podcast can do with that in these days of COVID isolation. Oy. Yeah. What are your kids doing with it? So my daughter is definitely on the less social side. Mm-hmm. Well. And, um, you know, I have, I have wanted her for a long time. I wanted her to be, to be different uh, because she's where, like I said, I'm, I work for, we're, I'm from Haiti and it's a, we have a family that they're very, huggy and oh. kissy and uh-huh. um and very warm in that way very physical and she's not she does not like that <laughs> a lot of yeah. you know, like being being touched and um she's just you know very very helpful very brilliant uh wonderful child but she's she was not like that and I I went for a while. I I had wanted her to be different. And then somebody told me that, you know, what a child wants more than anything is just to be accepted for who they are. Yeah. Yeah. And I took that to heart and went, oh, I've been wanting her. I've I've not been accepting her for just being who she is and not really appreciating the amazing gifts and qualities that she has, I've been focusing on how she's different in a, in a way I think she should be. Mm-hmm. And so I just focused on loving her as she is. And mm-hmm. that's, and she's, she seems to have flourished with that, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of making her wrong for being who she is, just mm-hmm. finding her right for being who she is. And, um, and in terms of so she's, she's actually been, and we started online schooling with her 
last January, pre-COVID. Okay. okay. Because we were going to be traveling around the world. This was 2020 was going to be our year of world travel. Uh, <laughs> um, oops. Yeah, yeah not, not so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so she, she started online school and, um, which at first was really challenging. And then she started to really flourish with it. And so she has, she has, you know, friends that she's never met, but, but they're, they're friends and they talk and they, yeah. uh, and they, they text and they chat. And so it's, it's in the screen. And then we do see our, she has, we have, uh, I have nieces and nephews that are, right around her age and that um, we do see we have the, the, the our family over so she has time with her her niece her cousins and and that's how that's the socialization that she's getting right now good i i love i love what you just taught us which we need to apparently be reminded of our whole lives that what people want and the kids in our lives especially need if they're going to grow up feeling good about themselves is to be seen and accepted for who they are. Hallelujah, sister. Oh my God. Oh my God. That is, that is the, the ultimate social emotional learning lesson I think for all of us to have in our interactions with our kids and our students. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that and being so honest about it. I really appreciate that too. Cause for yeah, we we want we think we know what will give them the most amount of happiness, so we want that for them. And then in the process, maybe we're not so accepting of who they are. That whole tangled up mess. So yeah, and 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 you probably did you have to say much to her, or did she just read your mind that you were sending a different different set of mindset to her? I mean, it, it just gets communicated wordlessly, right? It does. Or it was the, I just had to stop trying to change her, trying to yeah. make her different. Oh, you should do this. You should act this way. You, you know, right. I, I stopped shooting all over her. Uh, yeah. Love it. Yeah. Love it. I, I love it. So I want to ask you another question. And um, uh, I always take a deep breath when I ask harder questions, more, mm-hmm. you know, delicate questions or, but but I ask them because I think they need to be asked because lots of times people have questions in their inside them, but they don't ask because they feel too shy or they don't want to offend or anything like that. But you know me, you know, I'm asking for the right reasons. And so you're from Haiti. Mm-hmm. Your skin has lots of melanin in it mm-hmm. compared to mine, which hardly has any in it. So basically you could be described as a black woman. Yes, you are. I would describe myself as such. Okay, good. (laughs) And you are a successful businesswoman, um, real real estate investment, right? Yes. And so I want to know, I want to get a vision of an understanding about the challenges that you have been presented with, probably because of the color of your skin. Could you mind sharing some things like that with us? Sure. So I think that in general, when it comes to race relations, racism, I've 
I've come out pretty well, right? I, I don't, I don't have too many traumatic experiences, things I can point to that were, that are horrific. Mm. For me, it was more little, little things right. throughout my life and little ways in which I was maybe underestimated or, um, ouch under <laughs> under encouraged uh-huh um like i said i w- i was actually a very very good student really have a a great ability to test take to do standardized <laughs> tests it's a, okay um and so i i was always and i was a good i've, I've been a i was a good test taker so I just, uh, I happened to be born with skills that made me very good at taking tests. Okay. Um, I could do them quickly and very accurately. So, and, but I was often, you know, I remember my high school guidance counselor never, so, it, you know, in my mind, I was going to be applying to, you know, top schools. Yeah. Had good grades and good tests. Good test scores and and uh, and good people skills. Once you were sixteen, <laughs> once I yeah, once I could yeah. say hi to people. Good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And and I and I was I remember going and keep putting in front of me, you know, not saying I wouldn't go to college, but just like schools that were like third tier, like really. Not at all going, oh, you should reach and stretch for this. But it was, mm. oh, here's, you could apply to this school or that school. And mm. um, and I was like, what about, what about these schools, right? And what about, um, you know, no, no encouragement around Princeton or Yale or Harvard or anything like that. Yeah. And same thing happened to me in college. I was going for law school and I went to an and he was like, "Yo, you're not going to get into law school. And really? And he goes, oh, and they started looking at my law, my grade. And I guess you're, yeah, your grades are good. Okay. I guess, you know, I guess you're good. Oh. I went to Columbia for law school, right? I got into pretty much every school I applied to. Um, oh. And when I was in Columbia and I went going to the, to the county's counselor going, uh, okay, well, I'm, Love some support in getting a first first year summer job. And what about this? You know, being a working clerking for a judge. Oh, oh I don't think you could do that. Uh, what about working for a oh. Well, that would be really tough for you. <laughs> Going into abroad? No, no, not for you. And I just every idea I had get got struck down. Luckily, uh-huh. I don't. I haven't listened to any of those people. And yeah. I did. I applied for all of that. Everything he said, no, no, I couldn't do. I, did, I, I was uh, given an offer. Uh-huh. So I've been able to, to do that. But, you know, in just little ways, or when I went to Columbia, people assuming that it was because I, I had, you know, affirmative action. Uh-huh. And, you know, it's like, I, I scored the 99th percentile. <laughs> right? It's like, you know, it's like, I belong there, but wow. you know, there was, there were Oof. often things like that. Just people underestimating me or thinking that I, I belong, I didn't, didn't necessarily belong or I, I didn't deserve to bear on my own steam. 
I'm, I'm truly sorry. I think that's their loss. But thank you for letting me ask that question because I think so many of us don't really know that side of things, you know, the details of it, the reality, the the minutia of what those experiences are like. You know, we just hear the big, oh, I was discriminated against or people treated me disrespectful. But to hear the details, are, yeah. it's troubling and it's unacceptable. And um, that's why I ask uncomfortable questions, because I think we really need to hear the details. So thank you for reliving that and sharing that with us so we can now move on. Okay. <laughs> so now... <laughs> Well, thanks for asking. Uh, and I, though, I, I, I just want to stay on a positive side. Yes. That I have been able to use my difference, I think, to help me. So I'm in real estate investment and I, and it is a world that is mostly male, mostly white. Right. And coming in, I go to these conferences. I walk in, I felt like a unicorn, really, because there was nobody, yeah. you know, very, very few women at all, and, and even that much, that many fewer of color. And so I really stood out. And instead of allowing that to keep me small and hidden and hiding, mm. I use that as my as an advantage because i knew that i was memorable <laughs> and in a way that others would not be right <laughs> i'm i'm actually married to a white man and he he stands out a little bit because he's from australia so he has an accent so he's he stood out in that way but generally you're looking around the room i would i would be the you know like one of these <laughs> things is not like the others and i would be <laughs> <laughs> and and I thought, you know what? There's a power in that because I, because I am memorable. I'm going to just use that and I can stand out, but I'm going to stand out in a positive way, in a favorable way. And I'm, and I'm going to, I'm going to make it advantageous for me. And it, and it worked because people would remember me and I just went out and I, I, did things and showed up with integrity and created relationships. And, and the fact that I, I was different was valuable. And then I also, as I was inspired to in get other women in that room. And that's why I created my business, real estate investor goddesses to encourage other, other women. And especially I, there are a lot of women of color in my group, uh, but just to get women into that room um so we didn't so we wouldn't stick out but i have i was able to invite them and and I've, and I've been able to grow a lot as an investor because i i have this whole incredible community of women that i've invited to be on this journey with me and that's helped me scale that's helped me to do incredible things in real estate and it's helped me in and you know in helping others along the way so I, I've used my difference. Um, I've, I've used it to help as opposed to thinking about all the ways in which it holds me back. I respect that so much. 
And, and, you know, well, there's, that's a whole other half day conversation about people resisting differences in themselves and in others. It's, it's such a loss. Do we really want everything to be the same? <laughs> but um, good. So that's inspiring. One other dimension of inspiration from you. So um, I know a little bit about your investment company, your real estate investment company for women. And, and I know that people don't need to invest very much to over time. I don't really know hardly anything. (laughs) Why don't you just tell us? (laughs) Um, I mean, if you don't mind. Sure. So what, specific ask me ask me more specifically what, what can i tell you can oh, share with you okay so the audience the the people that are listening to this podcast are teachers and parents yeah and here we are in covid19 and some people are probably one of the reasons i actually was hoping for you to come on here was because i wanted to hear how maybe people who have good jobs but they are not making as much money or they can't be making much money right now you have something. I trust you. Yeah. I, I only, I only, the people I know who know you only say good things about you. So what is it that people can do with some small amount of money that can, how do you help people? Even if they don't have a lot of money or a lot of time. Yeah. Because they still want to be teachers or focusing on their kids. So how can you help them? Yeah. That's a good question. Good. And, and I, I appreciate you asking. One of the things that I, I'm going to back up a little bit before I, I go into that, because I, I realized that one of the things that I was not taught as a kid, um, and I think most most of us are not taught, is to create wealth, uh, life that is crisis-proof, recession-proof. Mm-hmm. Um, Back in 2008, I, well, or, or in the, in late spring of 2008, I was pregnant with my, with my daughter, the 12 year old now. Mm-hmm. And she, and I, I was working as a lawyer at the time I was working in this small law firm and my boss called me into his office. I was my, I was five and a half months pregnant at the time. I was expecting him to give me a bonus because I'd been working so hard. Instead, he fired me. Oh. And I ended up, so I, it was literally the week that my stomach popped out. Until then, I just looked fat and <laughs> I looked pregnant, uh-huh. which I was excited about until I got fired. And I went, oh no, now I look so pregnant. You know, one's going to hire me at this point. Uh-huh. And I decided that instead of looking for a job, I would just wait until after I gave birth, had a short maternity period, and then I would look for a job. Well, my daughter was born in late August of 2008. Within a month, the economy was in free fall. Right? The markets were in free fall. A couple months after that, my husband's graphic design business, entertainment industry graphic design business was down 90%. So we were in a really challenging, to say the least, financial place. And, and at that time, luckily, you know, almost accidentally, we, we had managed to acquire a couple rental properties. And at that time we had two and those kept a roof over our heads. 
Mm. And we were able to, we sold one after a year. We, had, we lost the property to short sale. We sold another one. And then we, we started flipping and we got into real estate and, um, and changed our, our lives and our fortunes. But one of the things that I, I recognize, and, and this in this this economic time that we're in, I'm so grateful that I'm in we're in such a different place financially that I, I have no worry. Yeah. And because I, I learned, and this was not something I was ever taught to do, I was only taught to get a job, trade my time for money. Right. I was never ever taught to create passive income. And I was not taught to have multiple streams of income so that if any one stream dries up, you lose a job, something happens, there's somebody gets sick, right? Things happen, crises happen, that I would be okay because I would have multiple streams coming in. Uh, And so partly because of my experience being in a really, really tough and challenging financial place. And, and as I look, you know, and as I'm seeing what's happening right now in the economy, like my heart breaks for people, but I also know that there is so much opportunity and we're about to enter into a, into a time of more opportunity to do well in real estate than in our lifetimes. There are, (laughs) <laughs> there's going to be a fire sale on real estate happening very soon. And, um, and this is the best time to set yourself up so that in, in the future, when thing, whatever happens, you've set yourself up. So you have multiple streams of income, passive income coming in that equal or exceed your working income, your expenses. That's my goal. I have a big hair audacious goal. I have a, a mission to help 1 million women create financial freedom through real And for me, that's what financial freedom is. You have these passive income streams that, right. and that will cover your expenses so that when you work because you want to, not because you have to. And when life throws curveballs at you, whether that's an illness or um, a job loss, you're fine because you have created crisis proof. And, uh, and this is something that is very doable for, for people to do. And, and there's so, I know there's so many excuses or barriers. We, we believe we have a lot, especially women believe that they have to this and, and they're not, they're not true. They're just these these myths around what, what real estate investing, creating passive income streams means. So I've written, I wrote a, a book, which is available, a digital copy is available for free on my website, reigoddesses.com, called Investing in Real Estate from $1 to $1 million. Wow. And, uh, you know, investing strategies for every budget and every goddess. <laughs> because I, and it, it, it shares different strategies that you can use to invest in real estate. And those, and some of those strategies are little to no money down strategies. So they're not, they don't cost, uh, you know, some are $0 strategies um, and it costs very little money uh, or none. There are other strategies that, um, that take no time. They're very passive strategies. So, you know, we, 
we're we're busy. You're you're teaching, and you have a family, and you know, and you're you're throwing homeschooling and all of the things. Right. Um, and so I get it that we're busy, and a lot of women like I'd love to invest in real estate, but I don't have time to go to to open houses and deal with tenants right. and have all the stuff. And and you you can invest in ways where you don't have to do that. Uh, and then there are other ways. You are investing and you never have to deal with the three T's, tenants, toilets, termites. So I shared different things ah. for women to do that. And I have an event coming up um, as well called the, the Wealth Through Real Estate Events, a three-day event, September 18th through 20th, where I'll be really going in and, and sharing how you, know, how you do that, how you, you set yourself up to, to create um, to create wealth through real estate, great crisis proof finances, um, that those, that to, you know, create that security and that ultimately leads to freedom. And, um, so that's happening the 18th to 20th. And for any woman, fortunately, my, my program is geared towards women or who identify as goddess. Um, then I, I, I invite you to, to come and join me. So I only have about 10,000 questions right now, but that's probably why it's a three-day workshop. <laughs> um, but the other the one thing that occurs to me is that um, it kind of sounds too good to be true. So you must have some something where people can see, oh, yes, this is a proven thing that Monique is, is trying to provide to women. Um, well... I, it's, uh, maybe it, it might sound too good to be true, but it is not. I, I'm, and there one way of doing it. So yeah, in my, there, uh, real estate investing is not one size fits all. Right. So there are a lot of different ways of investing in real estate. And at the event, I have, I have just brought together an incredible group of women who are investing in different ways. I have different team members, pretty much the the relationships you need, the team members you need, they'll they'll be there. But you as one of the things that's really been inspiring about this event is that people see all of these different women who are crushing it in real estate. And these wow. women are they're like you and me. I have um women that I actually there's I have one on my stage she she was a teacher and <laughs> so now uh-huh. she does real estate all the time but um crush it and real estate other have there was one um she was in foster care and then was working as a paralegal lost her paralegal job learned real estate created an eight-figure business another woman who was homeless um, living out of her car, managed to get her first house, um, get an investor who would give her a house with seller financing. And she paid him a little bit by little bit until she was able to fix up that house and get in a tenant. And she rinsed and repeated. Uh, that was five years ago. She has over a hundred wow. houses now. Whoa. Um, there are, uh, and there are other amazing examples, but I, I'm really proud the, the, group of women I have they're very diverse like you're gonna say all different colors all different ages we have from young women to 
um, grandmas and, and everything in between all shapes and sizes and (laughs) single or married or whatever. And what I, what I love most about bringing all these women together is that you, um, anyone who, who attends will go there, there will definitely be someone, at least one, probably many women that you will be able to relate to and go, if she did it, I can do it. Wow. Yeah. I mean, excuse me. I hope that didn't sound rude. I was just, I just was. No, it's, but that's why, that's why I, I have all of these different ways. Not, not just me. So I I don't want somebody to go, oh, well, easy for you. You went to law school and which has nothing to do with anything, but oh, it's easy for you because blah, blah, blah. Or oh, it's easy for her because she's this. And, and so there are so many different women that are, that are successful and have done it in different ways with different backgrounds and different histories, you're going to go, Oh, wow. This was possible for me. Oh yeah. Well, I think it's something that people, teachers and people and women in general might be open to considering at this point. And that's, that's one reason I was hoping to draw that out of you in this conversation. So I appreciate your time. Um, I I hope they are because I, one of the things I think is, most uh, horrible about our society is the, I think the ways or how little most teachers get paid and criminal, criminal, given the, the value that they, they bring into this world, given how, how much of a difference they can make. And the fact that they're so poorly paid is, is it is criminal. And I think that doing, that's why I'm really, I, I really hope anyone who's listening who's even slightly interested. Um, I hope you can, you come the it's $97 for the, the three days. There's a, um, I'll give, I'll give you Nini a, a code so that they can upgrade for free. So they'll get a recording. So that, that would normally be one ninety seven for that, but it'll just be nine ninety seven. Okay. Whoever's listening and wants to show up and uh, just so you can, you can get that, that information and uh, support to do that. Wow. Um, okay. So the code will be, I'll put it in the show's notes. Yeah. And I'm excited for people. Um, I wish I had three days, but um, at some <laughs> point I think I will. <laughs> I'm going. Well, it'll be you'll you can get the recording. So if you can catch all of it, you can. Though I I hope you, it's you'll you guys who can come will set aside the time. I promise you, you will you will I promise it will be worth it, and and you will not regret having uh, taken the time to really invest in your yourself and your future. Uh, I trust you, Monique. I, I do, and I and I know a lot of people who feel a lot of respect for you. Is this a Friday, Saturday, Sunday kind of thing? What's the it deal? is? Yes. Okay. So, so that's good. almost doable. Friday the the eighteenth through Sunday the the twentieth. And okay. And I, I like I said, I I promise my my money back guarantee. If you if you if you don't think that it was but worth a hundred times what you paid for it. Wow. Wow. Yeah. All right. And you're, you're, cause most people have to pay, uh, 
197 to be able to get the recordings, but yes. you're going to give that to the people who are listening to this. So that's pretty nice. Yeah. Um, I love this. Um, would you just assure everybody that I'm not getting any money for this conversation? <laughs> you, are, you are not. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I really did want to share Monique's experiences. And then when I saw that she was doing this other thing, I just thought it would be really valuable for the listeners of this podcast. So um, I know you have to zip off to something else now, Monique, but thank you. Thank you and for a hundred different wonderful gems that you shared with us in this conversation. Thank you so much for, for having me and for yeah. this really wonderful and very real conversation. Yeah, definitely. All right, my dear. Be in touch. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. There was so much that I appreciated about this conversation. Aside from the obvious about the offer Monique is extending to all of us, I greatly appreciated the fact that she grew her own social-emotional skills by noticing what worked for her peers. And then she experimented with bringing those observations into her own interactions. I love that. And I also love that Monique shared with us about the power and importance of being with our kids and our students exactly as who they are not how we think they should be. Wow, I love that. Those are powerful lessons for us teachers and parents. And if we take those lessons inside ourselves, rather than trying to put them on the kids in our care, the real value of those lessons will grow and bring deep benefits for all. As a teacher, if you enjoyed this conversation and you're curious to learn more, get Monique's free downloadable book, In it, she unpacks all of the real estate concepts and opportunities you've heard of and a whole lot more about real estate that you've probably, I know I haven't, ever heard of, but will probably find extremely interesting. The link to the book that she's offering us is in the show's notes. Monique's three-day online workshop might be interesting to you. If you are interested, but that's three days worth of workshop, that three days worth of workshop is more than you can imagine taking away from all of your other responsibilities. The free upgrade she's provided to the audience of the Big Picture Social Emotional Learning Podcast makes it possible to have access to all the recordings of the workshop whenever you can listen to them on your time when you do have time. It might seem weird or out of place that I invited Monique onto this podcast, but as we all know, money has a major impact on the social and emotional sides of our lives, either by the amount of stress that it causes or that it relieves. And I just thought, why not invite her? The link for the landing page to the the event that starts on Friday, September 18th, 2020, is in the show's notes. Just type in the code TEACHERS to get the special upgrade. All right, that's it for now. I've got some fascinating and important conversations coming up with some incredible educators, and I love sharing those conversations with you. So see you next time. Okay, bye.